Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we are here, that we can still be here, Father, no matter what else is going on in the world today and in our area today, we can still come and be with you. We welcome you into this place by the Holy Ghost right now to minister to each one of us. Father, I give myself to teach and to be taught this morning. And I thank you for that now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Again. Ah, don't you feel better already? I got your attention now, don't I? See, I, I know how to do stuff like this, Desmond, okay? Okay? Well, this morning, I got some things I want to share with you. A few weeks ago, Pastor Joe preached on this, this great series on the blood of the Lamb, now, I'm, I'm, I'm calling this message, Tell It Like It Is. Tell it like it is. As we get into it, you'll see why. Now, one of the main scriptures that Pastor Joe cited for his message was Revelations 12, 11. And this is what it says. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even till death. Now, Pastor focused on that first part, the blood of the Lamb. But I want to focus on the next part of that scripture, the word of their testimony. Now, I'm going to tell you how this came about. About two months ago, I guess it was roughly two months, God started reminding me just out of the, you know, I'm, I'm going along minding my own business. And God starts reminding me of things. Starts reminding me of some of the things that I've seen him do over the past 37 years that I've been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I didn't understand just out of, the, out of the blue, these things started coming back to me. I hadn't thought about them in years. And I didn't, I didn't know where, where I was going with that. You know, I just said, well, this is nice. Yeah, I remember when you did this and when you did that. Well, then he started putting it together for me. Now, I'm not going to give you my personal testimony today. If you want that, you can read my book. Uh, it's out on the book table in the front for you. No, today what I want to do is I want to tell you some things that I've seen God do for other people that in some way, either directly or indirectly, I was involved with. Now, I have to tell you, um, Some of you who know me, you know I'm kind of a word freak, okay? And uh, I, like to, I like to just learn new words. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, some of you may have gone through this, I'd come across a word I didn't know, and so I'd ask my mother, Mom, what does this word mean? Well, go look it up in the dictionary, son. Uh, why don't you just tell me what it means? Well, if you look it up, you'll remember it a lot longer. Now, I hate to say this, but Mama's right. Okay? So, I'd go look up the word, and, and I'd get in there, and I'd, I'd see the definition for the word I was looking for, but then I'd see a bunch of other definitions. And I'd start reading them. And I have to tell you that... Uh, after the Bible, the dictionary is one of my favorite books. And sometimes I'll just pick it up and open it up and start reading. I know, I know. It's kind of strange, isn't it? No, it's, it's very strange. Okay? So, 
why don't we do this? Let's start with a definition. Yeah, you saw, I set you up, didn't I? Testimony. Let's go to our good old friend Noah Webster and see what he has to say about the definition of testimony. He defines it as a declaration or statement, written or verbal, made for the purpose of establishing or proving some fact. You see, testimony is supposed to be used to prove some fact. So when we give testimonies about what we've seen God do, what are we proving? We're proving who God is. You with me? This is, what we, this is why we give testimonies. Okay? And these testimonies are all different. You know, we've heard many wonderful testimonies in this church. And each one may be a little different. We've heard, uh, we've heard that uh, someone has been healed by God. And what's the fact that is proven there? That God is a healer. How about when somebody is dead broke and they, they, they can't afford to pay their rent and they pray and the next day somebody shows up, a stranger by the way, I've seen this happen, with a check for the exact amount of their rent. What fact does that prove? Well, it proves that God is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provideth. Amen? If we see somebody accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, what fact does that prove about God? Well, it proves that he is our Savior and that he is merciful. Amen? Merciful. So testimony is designed to prove a fact. Now, I've seen God do some astounding things, y'all, over the last 37 years. I don't have time to hit all of those, but I want to illustrate. I want to. I want to give you a few because I believe each one illustrates something about God. Now, I want us to look at a scripture here it's from First Corinthians, chapter three, verses six and seven. Paul is speaking. And he says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Verse 7, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now, remember I said testimonies are supposed to prove a fact and illustrate something about God. About 21 years ago, I guess it is, uh, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And um, that'll get your attention, by the way, if, if you don't believe it. Uh, so I had to go in for some surgery. Now, they brought me out of surgery, and um, I'm in the recovery room, and... Uh, in a few minutes, some, some nurses' aides came, and they took me and started wheeling me. They said, we're going to take you up to your room. So, I, you know, I'm still kind of groggy from the uh, medication and anesthesia. And, of course, they, they got all kinds of IVs in me. And so, uh, you know, they start wheeling me down the hall. And we had to stop because there was an intersection of halls up in front of us, and there, were, there was another gurney up there, and they were doing something with some patients, so we had to, we had to stop. So I'm laying there, and the, the, the nurse's aide that was at the foot of my gurney is facing me, and so I said, hey, how you doing? She says, uh, not too good. I said, so what's your problem? She says, well, you know, I got this big, this big open sore on my hip, and she said, none of the doctors up here have been able to do anything to, to heal that up. So I said, well, what have they tried? So, so she launches into this big litany of techniques and medications and all that that they've given her, and nothing has worked. 
So I said, hmm, I know someone who can heal you. Oh, yeah, who's that? Yeah, she had a great attitude. I said, uh, Jesus. She says, oh, yeah, my sister's always talking about him, but, but I don't mess with that. I don't mess with that. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Get me, get me up to my room. I'm going to pray for you, and I believe Jesus will heal you. Yeah, okay. So in a little while, they start wheeling me up. They get me up to my room, and um, they get me settled in, and of course, I got all these IVs in me and everything. And so she starts to leave, and I said, hey, well, where are you going? We're done here. I said, oh, no. No, we're not done. I said, if you come back over here, I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to pray for you. Okay. So she comes back over, and I just put my hand over on her arm, and I prayed a very simple prayer. I just said, Lord, in Jesus' name, heal her up. Show her who you are. Show her who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And I looked at her and said, okay, now we're done. <laughs> okay, good. So she leaves. Well, you know, I didn't give another thought about it. I went to sleep, actually. And they, they discharged me the next day, and I went home, and so in a couple of weeks, I'm back at work, and um, I get this call from my internist, okay, uh, who happened to be a good friend of mine and also happened to be born again and spirit-filled. And um, in fact, God had given him a, a real special anointing for praying for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So... Um, I'm at work that day, and, and uh, I get this call from him. He says, hey, you want a praise report? I said, always. He said, well, you know, uh, I, was, uh, I went up to the hospital today. I had another patient that was in surgery, so I went to the recovery room to check on him. And um, while I was in there, this nurse's aide came up to me. And she said, uh, hey, doc, doc, uh, uh, you remember that doctor friend of yours that was in here about two weeks ago? And uh, he said, uh, Dr. Orridge? Yeah, yeah, that's him, that's him. Uh, she said, uh, let's step out in the hall. I want to tell you something. So they step out in the hall. She said, you know, you remember that big open sore I had on my hip? Yeah. Well, he prayed for me, and Doc, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. She said, I got nothing but smooth skin there. Here, you want to see it? He said, no, that's okay. We're in the hall here. Uh, so he looks at her, and, and so he says, uh, have you got the Holy Ghost? She said, uh, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, he said, well, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to receive right now. Uh, okay, so he lays hands on her. He prays for her. Well, nothing happens. Now, you know, for most of us, that's not a big deal. You know, we may pray for people they receive right away. We pray for them. They don't receive, but they may receive later. So it's not unusual. But for him, totally unacceptable. Because he was so used to praying for people that got baptized right then, that was totally unacceptable. So he looks, he steps back and he says, something's not right. Something's not right. He says, are you born again? She said, um, no. No, he said, ah, well, okay. That's the problem. He said, so, he said, I I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're going to give your heart to Jesus. You're going to repent of your sins and, and accept Jesus. You ready to do that? She said, yeah, my sister, my sister talks about that all the time. He said, well, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, okay. So he leads her in the prayer of salvation. She gets saved. So he steps up and says, okay, now, now we're where we need to be. Now I'm going to lay hands on you, and you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You ready for that? She said, yeah, yeah, I think I am. 
He said, okay. So he lays hands on her, prayed for her. She receives. He says, she's standing in the hall outside the recovery room with her hands up, speaking in tongues. And he said, so I just joined her. I started speaking in tongues too. He said, man, we had church right there in the hall, brother. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I said, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that sounds just like you, brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, he said, she's on fire now. I said, well, praise God, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. So so I got to thinking about it. And I said, okay, so what, is this, what does this testimony illustrate? Well, I believe what God showed me is that if we will do three things, there's three principles that I want you to pay attention to. The first is to be obedient. The second is to pray. They up there? Yeah. And the third is to believe. Now, folks, this isn't rocket science. Okay? Be obedient to what God is nudging us to do. All right? Pray and believe. Believe what? Believe that God is going to do something and can do anything. Amen? You see, we may only be a very small piece of the picture for what God is doing in somebody's life. Okay? Now, I want to take a look at another scripture here. Oh, by the way, this last, one more thing it illustrates is what I read to you. See, one plants, one waters. God gives the growth. See, this lady, this, this nurse's aide, her sister had been, had been planting seed with her all the time. She told me, oh, my sister talks about that all the time. And I'm thinking, well, you better listen, okay? So she's, she's planting. I come along. God uses me to plant some more. Then he uses my internist friend to water. Okay? And guess who gave the growth? You see, it wasn't us. Because remember we read in the scripture, it says the one who plants and the one who waters is nothing. Nothing. But God who gives the growth. Okay? Now, I want to read another scripture for you from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Here's what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay? Now, one day I got a, a call from a friend of mine. And he says, hey, uh, I know this young lady. She's up in the hospital, and uh, she's got cancer, and she's dying, and they've given her one week to live. And he says, I was praying for her, and the Lord told me he wants me to go up there and pray for her. So I said, well, okay, Go. He said, no, you, you don't understand. He said, you're supposed to come with me. So in my instant willing obedience, I said, are you sure about that? You sure about that? Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm positive. You're supposed to come with me. So I said, okay, let's go. So we go up to the hospital. And uh, we walk in. And the room is packed. It's got about six, seven, eight people in there. And 
Total silence. Nobody's talking. We greet them. They don't answer. They don't talk to us. So we, we greeted her. Very, very pleasant. She was saved. She was spirit-filled. Uh, she knew she was dying, but she had this wonderful attitude. And we're so grateful that we had come to pray for her. So we laid hands on her. We prayed for her. We leave. Nobody says anything. So we go home, get a call the next day from my friend. He says, hey, we're supposed to go back. I said, well, wait, we went up there. We prayed for her. He says, no, we're, we're supposed to go back. And in fact, he wants us to go every day. So again, in my instant obedience, I said, are you sure about this? Are you sure about this? No, I'm positive, man. We're supposed to go every day. I said, okay, all right, let's go. So we went up there, and uh, same scenario. We walk in. People are there. Nobody's talking. We pray for. Nobody says a word to us. So we leave. So we went every day that week. Now she was supposed to die sometime during that week. By the end of the week, she's still alive. So my friend says, we got to keep going. We got to go every day. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I was so excited. I said, okay, let's go. So second week, we go up every day. We walk in, same thing. All these people are there, nobody's talking. They don't say a word to us. I mean, they don't say thank you, uh, good riddance. They don't say anything to us, all right? So we go that whole second week, she's still alive. So now I'm thinking, maybe we're on to something here. Okay, maybe we're on to something. So we go, we, we go that whole second week. She's still alive. Third week, we're still going every day. Same scenario. These people aren't saying a word, not talking to us, not talking to each other. And so, you know, somewhere in there, we walk out, and I, I told my friend, I said, you know, I know they think we are weird, but man, they are weird. Something, something strange in that room, man. He said, yeah, I know, I, I felt the same thing. But he said, but we're supposed to go. So I said, okay, so all that third week, we go. And we pray... She's so grateful to us, so thankful. So, fourth week comes. I said, man, okay, God's healing her. She was supposed to be dead over two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I said, now, we're, this is it. God's healing her. No doubt about it. So, we keep going that fourth week. Well, toward the end of the fourth week, she passes away. Goes home to Jesus. Now, I have to tell you, that created a lot of confusion in me. And, uh, to be honest, a lot of aggravation. And I had some long talks with God. Well, I talked at him. Anybody ever just talk at him? And I mean, I wanted to know. I said, okay, why did you prolong this precious woman's suffering if you weren't going to heal her? And why didn't you heal her? I mean, we were obedient to do what we were told to do. And so this, I went on and on and on and on. And you know what? I got no answer. Can you imagine God didn't answer me? Yeah. 
So I finally said, okay, I got to turn this loose, which I did. I went on about my business. And uh, time went on. About six months later, uh, I'm in the grocery store. And I'm pushing my little basket down the aisle. And uh, I have to tell you, I hate grocery shopping. I really don't like it. My wife loves it. So I say, baby, go, shop go shopping. And you know, one reason I don't like grocery stores is, have you ever noticed, they're like a minefield. They're designed that way, okay? So that you might go in for one or two items, but the way they've got the store laid out, oh, you're coming out with something else. Okay, you're going to step on that mine and, oh, I've just got to have this. Right? Have you ever noticed that? You know, all the, all the staples that you, that you use all the time, milk, eggs, bread, they're on the other side of the store. And they route you all the way around, and they have all these non-essential items out there that you don't, you don't really need, but you see them and you start thinking, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe I ought to try that. And before you know it, uh, your basket is full of stuff that you don't need. So I don't like grocery stores, but I, you know, my, my wife talked me into going. She can be very persuasive. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing my little basket down the aisle, and I look up and I see this young lady coming. She's pushing a basket. And as she gets closer to me, she gives me this, this look of recognition. And so when she gets near me, she stops and she says, excuse me, are you Dr. Aurich? And I said, yes, I am. So I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe this is a prior patient of mine that I saw maybe 20 years ago. And I, you know, I mean, I see thousands of people, so I don't necessarily remember everybody. So I'm thinking, oh, man, did I see her? What is she? she says, well, and she introduces herself and she says, do you remember about six months ago? You and your friend went up to the hospital to pray for, and I'm just going to call this lady Mary, to pray for Mary who had cancer. I said, oh, yes, I, I certainly do remember that. She said, well, Mary was my best friend. And I said, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, she said, well, she said, thank you. But she said, let me tell you what happened. She said, let me tell you what God did. She said, did you, you recall that every time you went in that room, there were like six, seven, eight people there, and nobody was talking, and nobody talked to y'all? And I said, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I do remember that. And she says, well, she said, that family had been divided. There had been a, a huge rift in that family for years. They couldn't stand each other, and they hadn't spoken to each other in years. And she said, they were only there in that room because of Mary. And she said, so when you came in, no, they weren't talking to each other. And they, they didn't talk to you. I said, no, they, I'm sure they thought we were a little strange. She said, well, let me tell you what God did, though. She said, you know, every time that you and your friend came in and started praying, she said, the presence of the Holy Spirit was so thick in that room, she said, it, it was unbelievable. And she said, over those almost four weeks that you guys came up there, God began to soften their hearts. And they started talking to each other. And she said, and they forgave each other. And that family is reunited now. And she said, and... She said, none of them were saved. She said, they're all saved now. They're in church and they're in Bible study. Yeah. And she said, when I was coming down the aisle, I saw you. And she said, the Holy Ghost told me, stop him and tell him this. He needs to hear it. I said, yeah, I really did need to hear that. Thank you so much. I said, That's, that blesses me. Tremendously. <clears throat> Excuse me. And God began to show me 
what this illustrated. You see, we don't always understand what God is doing in a situation. But as long as we exercise those three principles, be obedient, pray, and believe, we may see God do some astounding things. Okay? I mean, these principles are simple. Now, I know some of you are probably asking, because I, I did this for many years, why is it that we pray for some people to be healed and they're not healed? Whereas we can pray for others and they do receive healing. Now, I don't have a definitive answer to that. Okay? Over the years, I've read many books and listened to many teachings on healing. And back in the uh, 80s, especially, I kept hearing and seeing these things that, well, um, you, you, you didn't get healed because you don't have faith or you're in sin. Those are the two most prominent ones I used to hear all the time. Okay? And um, I finally kind of got enough of that. One day at church, we gave an altar call. This was many years ago. Not, we weren't even at this building. And so this woman comes up, and this gentleman was praying for her, and we started to pray for her. And uh, she told him, she said, you know, I've been up here many times to be prayed for for healing, and I haven't received it. So he looks at her and he says, well, it's because you don't have enough faith, sister. Well, that was kind of the tipping point for me. So I walked over and I said, look, what she needs from you right now, she needs prayer. She needs support, and she needs love. She does not need for you to hang a blame and guilt trip on her, like it's all her fault. Okay? See, all this stuff about, well, you don't have enough faith, and you, don't, you, you might be in sin. Folks, that is nonsense. So if any of you out here believe that, uh, I hope I'm stepping on your toes right now. It's nonsense. And the fact that the, the testimony I gave you a little while ago about the nurse's aid, not only did she not have faith, she wasn't even saved. Okay? And he didn't even want me to pray for her. But God decided, uh, I think I'll show her who I am. And what fact was proven? Huh? What fact was proven? He proved that he is merciful. He proved that he's a healer. He proved that he has power to do whatever he wants to do. Amen? So I walked up to this gentleman, so I told him all this, you need to, you know, be supportive. And I said, he said, well, but brother, that's what I believe. It's a wrong thing to say to me, at that time anyway. So I looked at him, I said, well, um, so you believe that if she had enough faith, she'd be healed? Oh, yes, I believe that. I said, well, you have faith for her to be healed? Oh, yeah, brother, yeah. I said, good. Then I want you to pray for her. God will honor your faith and heal her. Well, he just stood there and stared at me. And I said, so if you can't do that, maybe you just need to go over there and sit down and be quiet. Yeah, it wasn't one of my most tactful moments. Okay? But I got fed up with that stuff. Because people who are going through illnesses, and we have a lot right here in our own church right now, do not need to be told, well, if you had enough faith, God would heal you. No. If you have the faith, you pray for them. 
And I believe God will honor your faith. You with me? And if you're not, I'll pray for you. <laughs> you see, here's the deal, y'all. We don't always know what God's plan is. And we don't always understand it. But he clearly tells us, the scripture we just read, his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher than ours. Now, to me, that's very reassuring. Because I don't want to follow a God that uh, is as smart as me. Oh, we got a big problem there, if that's the case. <laughs> okay. I want a God who knows a lot more than I do about everything, and he has the power to do a lot more than I have, okay? You see, you heard me say this a couple of weeks ago from up here. You know, so many people talk about, well, you know, uh, I don't do those kinds of things. I'm not in the ministry. What they don't understand is, God does not care what you do for a living. He doesn't care. Because we're all in the ministry. All he cares about is, are you available? Are you willing to be obedient if he nudges you and says, uh, go over there and talk to that person or call that person up or this person needs prayer. Pray, pray for whatever they need. Okay. You be obedient, you pray, and you believe. Now, people get so hung up on this notion that, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have all these gifts that you guys have and all that. I said, well, what do you have? What gifts do you have? Because, you know, it doesn't have to be terrific. It could be just being kind to somebody. At the right time. You know, Jesus said this. He said, even a cup of cold water given in my name will not go unrewarded, right? Even a cup of cold water. Small kindness, right? It may not seem like a lot, but timing. Timing is everything in God's plan. A cup of cold water may not seem a lot, but if you give it to a dying, a man dying of thirst, uh, it's a lot. Correct? See, we have to understand that our little piece of the puzzle, we may not understand it because we don't see the big picture like God does. But our little piece of the puzzle uh, fits in there, and without it, these other pieces can't go in there either. You with me? Y'all ever work jigsaw puzzles? Yeah, they drive me crazy. <laughs> But you see, we, we have to understand that God has a plan and he wants to use us. All right? Now, let me give you another testimony. Several years ago, a friend of mine and I were teaching a Bible study. And at the end of the session... Young lady comes up, and she says, uh, and we didn't know her. She says, hey, a friend of mine told me to come up here and have you two guys pray for me. So we said, well, okay, what do you need? She said, well, I've been diagnosed with a golf ball-sized tumor on my uterus. Now, got any golfers in the, in the crowd? Golfers? Golf ball is pretty big. And she said, and my doctors told me that uh, I shouldn't get pregnant because it will complicate my treatment, <clears throat> plus it won't be good for the baby. And she said, and I'm pregnant. So we said, okay, all right, we'll pray for that. So we laid hands on her, and we kind of tag-teamed her. I prayed for a while, my friend prayed for a while, and... We finished. Now, 
I didn't feel anything. My friend didn't feel anything. And the young lady didn't feel anything. So she thanked us and she left. So I didn't give another thought about it. Went on our way. A couple weeks later, she calls my friend. <clears throat> she says, hey, I, I, I needed to call you and tell you, I just got back from my doctor and he can't find the tumor. Golf ball sized tumors don't just uh, disappear. Okay? Now, of course, physicians, some of my physician friends who can't explain that, they'll, they'll use this term spontaneous remission. Ever hear that one? Huh? Oh, it was spontaneous remission. Uh, ask them what the definition of that is. They can't tell you, they don't have a definition. They think it just will. You know, the body just, oh, come on, man. All right. So she says, it's gone. So we said, well, praise God. So a few months later, she calls and tells my friend, oh, I had my baby, perfectly healthy baby. Nothing wrong with her. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Now, Why do some people get healed and some don't? I still don't know. A few years ago, there was a, a very prominent evangelist by the name of R.W. Schombach. Some of you remember Schombach? Yeah. Schombach um, traveled with some of the big healing ministries back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Guys like A.A. A. Allen, pastor, and people like that. And he, I mean, Schombach saw God do some stuff. He went out on his own, and he had a very prominent TV ministry and radio ministry. Well, he came to Lafayette one time to do a crusade over at uh, Hyman Auditorium. And while he was here, a friend of mine and I were blessed to be able to take him to lunch. So there's the three of us at lunch. Now, I'm still struggling trying to figure out all the dynamics of healing and miracles. I'm trying to understand all that. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting there with a guy who has seen God do some awesome things. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is my opportunity. So I started peppering him with questions. And poor guy, he's trying to eat, you know. And I'm like, but Brother Schombach, how about this one? He's eating. Well, uh, yeah, and he's answering me the best he can. So finally, finally I, I get to the bottom line, and I said, um, okay, here's what I'm struggling with. Why is it that we pray for some people and they get healed, and we pray for others and they don't get healed? Why is that, Brother Schombach? And he looks at me and he says, I don't know. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, man. You the man. You the guy. What do you mean you don't know? He said, I don't know. He said, you know, um, now, he said, not long ago I was invited to go on the Phil Donahue talk show. You remember Phil Donahue? He was a very popular talk show host for a while. And, of course, you know, Phil was not saved. He very skeptical of all these things. And he said, Schombach says, and you know, he, he looks at me, he says, Reverend Schombach, you, check this out, you allegedly have seen a lot of miracles and healings in your ministry. Uh, allegedly, right? Kind of set the tone for it, didn't it? He said, now, uh, Reverend Schombach, what if you pray for someone and they don't get healed. What do you do then? Schombach looks at him and says, I just say, bring on the next. Yeah. Bring on the next. 
See, when he, when he said that, it, it just resonated in me. And I thought, man, this is profound. Bring on the next. You know, God says, pray without ceasing. Right? So if we pray for somebody and uh, we don't get the result that we think we should get, don't give up. I only keep praying for them, but uh, be ready to pray for the next one God brings you. Because it says the Spirit wills. Okay? And, and sometimes it's hard to understand. Well, okay, why did this one not get healed? Uh, I've prayed for people over the years. Some have been healed. Some have not been healed. So should we stop praying? No, 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 no. Keep praying. As Schombach said, just bring on the next. Because you never know when God is going to do something. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen? Now, let me see if i got enough time here. Okay, I'm going to give you another quick one. I think I gave this testimony here, at a, maybe about a year and a half ago. But I'm going to give it again, because there's some of you who weren't here. So you're going to hear it. Um, and also because not long ago, a young man here in our congregation came up to me and said, Dr. Lynn, you remember a while back, about a year, year and a half ago, you gave this testimony about this guy that you treated, and he started telling me all about it. I said, yeah, I should do. He said, I had just started coming to, to this church. And he said, man, when, when I heard that, it just lit me up. And he said, I just wanted to tell you that that, 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 that sort of played a role in me coming back here. I said, well, praise God. Isn't that awesome? So I want to tell you this one. I saw this patient. It's been many years ago. He comes in and... Uh, very, very intelligent man, very bright. And right away, he starts telling me he, he's Jewish, he's a Jew, but he's an atheist. Now, that sounds like a contradiction in terms to me. An atheistic Jew. You know, that's kind of like saying military intelligence. Yeah. Those two don't seem to go together too much, do they? So, you know, he tells me that. Well, as being a former atheist, I'm, man, I'm ready to jump all over that, okay? But Holy Ghost reined me in. I said, no, no, son. I, I want you to just focus on the problems he came in with, treat those, and help him. <sighs> okay, Lord. So I did. We worked on some of those issues, and he got better. So he comes in one day, starts talking, starts telling me about some things that somebody, somebody told him about God. Okay? So he's going on and on about this. And finally he stops and he says, You, you don't believe all that, do you? God just swung the door off the hinges for me. He says, you don't believe all that, do you? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. Well, he looked at me and was stunned. And he says, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't believe that. I said, why? Because you think I'm too in intelligent for that? Too smart for that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You're too smart to believe all that. Now, folks, the next thing that came out of my mouth was right off the Holy Ghost. I didn't think about it. It just came out. And I looked at him and I said, well, I can't believe you're not smart enough to believe that. Now, now folks, I don't talk to my patients like that. I don't tell them, you know, in a nice way, I think you're pretty dumb. Uh, that wasn't in my training, 
okay? And so, but out it came. And as soon as it came out, you know, I'm wanting to reel it back in. Too late, too late. So he sits there in total silence. Doesn't say a word. And I'm, I mean, I don't know what to say at that point. So we're sitting there in total silence. And then he finally says, okay, I got to go. Gets up and leaves. And we're not even halfway through the session. He leaves, marches right out, does not stop at the secretary to reschedule. He's gone. So I'm thinking, oh, way to go, Aurich. You ran that one off. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, okay. Nothing I can do about it now. So I, I go on about my business. So about, I'm saying, I think about three months later, I'm in my office, and uh, it's on a Friday, and I'm dictating reports, and my secretary buzzes me, and she says, Dr. Arch, uh, I have so-and-so on the line. He wants to talk to you. Do you want to take the call? So I'm thinking, eh, I guess so. So I got on the phone. He says, Dr. Arch, this is, he told me his name. He said, do you remember me? I said, oh, yeah, I remember you. He says, do you remember the last uh, time I saw you? So I'm thinking, oh, boy, here it comes. He's calling to chew me out. I said, yes, I remember. He says, do you remember what you said to me? So I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go. I said, well, vaguely. <laughs> sort of vaguely remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, you told me you couldn't believe I wasn't smart enough to believe in God. He said, I want to tell you that when I left your office, I couldn't stop thinking about it. He said, I tried to distract myself, and he said, it would not go away. I kept thinking about it. And he said, then one day, not long after that, I'm out in my backyard barbecuing, and he said, my neighbor came over. And he said, so we started talking. I told him about that session, that last session, and what you said to me. I'm thinking, oh, good. Let's spread it through the whole neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Isn't this good? So he said, so we started talking. And he said, he started talking to me about God. And he said, we talked for probably about an hour and then he prayed with me, and he said, I gave my heart to Jesus. Uh-huh. Now, here's the good part. His neighbor just happened to be a Baptist pastor. <laughs> Didn't God set him up? God set him up, man. You see? One plants, one waters. God gives the growth. You see this? It's important you see this because you never know what little part you may play in the whole scheme of things. All I did was treat his problems that he came in with and then said this sentence, which was not of me, I can tell you. That was the Holy Ghost. And he told me, he said, now I'm in church he said, I'm in a Bible study. He said, my whole life has changed. And he said, I just wanted to call and tell you that. And I said, oh, oh, well, thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> Praise God. You see, again, if we will just be obedient, if we will pray and believe, we're going to see some awesome things. Worship team, you can come on up. Now, I can give you a lot more testimonies, but obviously because of time constraints, we can't do that. But what I, want to, what I want you to get from this message is that God can give you testimonies of his goodness, his grace, his power, his healing, if you'll just be obedient to those three principles. 
And if you don't always get the result you want, so what? You're not God. See, I said this it's, last week. It's, it's, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God and what he's able to do. Because so many people say, well, I don't have testimonies like that because I'm not able to do all that. It's not about you being able to do it. Anybody in this place uh, have this uh, power to just lay hands and heal people? I don't think so. That's God. We have to focus on what is God able to do? Not what we're able to do. Okay? One plants, one waters, and, and, and neither one of them are anything. Okay? It's whether or not we say yes to God and do whatever he nudges us to do. It could be something simple like, as I said earlier, just calling somebody up and saying, hey, uh, I was thinking about you. Uh, how you doing? Uh, can I pray for you? Uh, doing something kind for somebody. It, it doesn't matter. We're all in the ministry. And so I'm going to tell you now, don't ever come up to me and say, oh, I'm not in the ministry. I, don't, I can't do that stuff. Really? Well, guess what? You probably won't do it <laughs> if you believe that. All right? But if you keep your focus where it needs to be, not on yourself, but on God, you're going to see God do some amazing things. And, you know, our pastoral staff allows people to come up and give personal testimonies all the time which I am so thankful for. Why? Because it's powerful. Testimony is powerful. It builds faith. When you hear what God has done in somebody else's life, it builds your faith. Okay? Because you may be struggling with something. And you hear, oh, God did this for this person and that person. Okay, well, let me keep praying and, you know, See if God will do it for me. Or it builds your faith to pray for someone else. Now, there may be somebody here this morning that you don't have a personal testimony of God saving you. So, it's real simple. If that's you, in a little while, I want you to come up here to the altar and somebody's going to pray for you and show you just how easy it is to get right with God. Okay? Now, don't be embarrassed to walk up here to the altar. I've heard this from so many people too. Well, I want to, I want to get saved, but I, I'm embarrassed to walk up to the altar. Well, think of it like this. Jesus walked to the hill Golgotha. And on the way, it wasn't an easy walk if you study it a little bit. And he was willing to go up there and be crucified for you, uh, walking maybe five yards down to the altar. I, I think you can handle that. And I know there'll be people up here who will love you and pray for you. Now, there's also probably some people here who you have seen God do some awesome things in your lives or someone else's life. But you haven't had the boldness to share that with very many people. So I want to pray for you people too, okay? If you've seen God do some things, but you've kind of just kept a lot of that to yourself, you haven't passed that on to friends or coworkers or relatives because you weren't sure how to do it or you were kind of afraid they would reject you and you didn't have the boldness, uh, if you're here, raise your hand. Any of you like that? You'd like to be a little bolder? I'm going to pray for you. Okay? Father, we thank you that you give us these marvelous testimonies, Father, of your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your healing, 
your miracles, your power. We thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, you've shown many of us marvelous things. I'm asking that you give people here these testimonies, Father. Show them who you are. And for those who have seen who you are, give them the wisdom, the grace, and the boldness to begin to share those things with other people because it's powerful. We thank you that you have given us those testimonies and you continue to give us more. Bring them on, Father, more and more and more. Especially during these times right now. Testimonies of your mercy, your healing power, Father. We pray for all those with COVID and other illnesses. Right now, Father, that you would reach out and Send your word and heal them, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for giving us these testimonies, Father, because it proves who you are. It proves the facts of who you are, Father. Help us all, Father, to adhere to those three principles, to be obedient to you, to pray, and to believe. And we give you all the glory right now in the precious and holy and powerful name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen.